following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, what's going on, everybody? We're back again. Your, the favorite sports show that you love to hate, you hate the love. I don't know which one it is. As long as you're here with us, I'm happy to have you exactly. here with us. Week of the official third week of offense, defense, and discourse. Mike Jones, John Brown. What's up, y'all? Man, a lot going on. We're going to have a good time talking about it yes, today. Yes, sir. Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. So, you know, football is king. So, we're all hail the king. Let's start football this week. We had the... Div- the divisional round of the playoffs happened the past weekend since we last got to talk. Actually had some good games last week. The We're NFC had some good had some good games. I thought the AFC was kind of flat. A couple right, of blowouts. So, I, I don't, you know. So we're going to start in the NFC. You want okay. the good news or the yeah. bad news first? Uh, give me the bad news. I'm going to give you the bad news first. The bad news is the Eagles lost. The Eagles Saints. It was a... I don't know if I've ever actually see a game have such a wide swing mm-hmm. other than possibly that Atlanta versus New England Super Bowl where okay. it just had swung so wildly from one way to the other. The Eagles came out like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. They looked like a team on a mission. 14 nothing in no time, and they get the ball back again, and they're coming. Then two things happen. One – Nick Foles underthrew a ball where Zach Ertz actually did have a step on his man down the sideline. It was a good read, mm-hmm. good decision, poor execution. Okay. Not the end of the game. Second thing I saw happen, Brandon Brooks, the right guard for the Eagles, went down. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't – they showed the injury once. I didn't want to see it again. Yeah. But he was done. And from that point on, the Eagles – offensive line that looked dominant on the first two-plus drives prior to that turnover by Nick Foles mm-hmm. wasn't getting the same push. They weren't running running right as much. They The play calling seemed to be a little less balanced or a little less aggressive. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles didn't score again the rest of the game. Not even a field goal. No. Struggled to move the ball. And – I think their defense played about as well as you can ask them to play. Defense kept them in the game. They gave up they gave 20 points to one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. Exactly. I, and, and we kind of talked about it last week, you know, the, the formula for beating uh, New Orleans. Keeping, you know, keeping the score close, low-scoring game. And they did that. They did. But they did that. I mean, and with all the Eagles offense had chances to win, but once Brooks went down, you know, that after that first quarter, after that first quarter, it was just – it was like night and day. Now, with all that being said, let me ask you a question. Okay. Eagles get the ball that final drive. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling at that point? I'm cautiously optimistic. I say cautiously optimistic because you know me as a Nick Foles doubter. Mm-hmm. However, you also know me as a firm believer in history as well. Absolutely. So my heart is telling me, oh, my goodness, you know what? We might be in trouble. I don't know if this dude can do it. 
But history says this dude can do it. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, all right, let's let's just see what happens. And so are you mad at Alshon? No. Disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed that you okay, did. cool with it. I'm disappointed, but I can't be mad at dude. It's not like it's not like this drop was like if this was a dude that just had a history of drops all season long. He's not Jordan Matthews yeah. as a rookie. Yeah. He's not whatever receiver you want to think of that just dropped the ball consistently. He's he's a short as almost as shorthanded as they come. I I think my attitude about this game speaks to just where the Eagles as a as an entire fan base has kind of evolved. Where in the past you might have been more angry mm-hmm. and you might have been more bitter at something like that. Because it's like here goes another chance to win a title and it goes right through your fingers and once again we're empty handed. But now we're sitting here you know, it sucks that we will not be in the Super Bowl this year. It sucks as we as a fr- as a fan base will not see our team in the Super Bowl. However, you've now seen it. You've now witnessed this team win a championship. So it's like, you know what, it sucks that you're out. But it's like, hey, we know what this team had to overcome. We truly, we know. We've seen it. We've seen the injuries. This is a team that had battle injuries all season long. Had to battle injuries within this game. And it finally came back to haunt. You know, it 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 came back and it finally proved to be too much. So, now, what you, the la- one of the last things you said, I think, is truly the biggest key to the Eagles' entire season. The injuries just kept adding up even if you watch during that game there was a touchdown that went to the back corner of the le- of the end zone mm-hmm. back left corner of the end zone drew Brees to kirkwood yes in coverage on that play was a guy named was a guy wearing number 48 i remember he's wearing number 48 because i think i know the eagles roster pretty well mm-hmm. I, you know as a fan and someone who talk sports yes I, I i like to be familiar with the least especially my local team that i'm going to walk watch and talk about all the time yes it i like to be so i see number 48 my friend sitting next to me that we watch all the games together he's mm-hmm. like who was that and i'm like i don't know who's number 48 <laughs> I really had to pull out my phone, get on the Eagles app, look up their roster, mm-hmm. and it was some guy named Hawkins I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. I, I, do you know who? Do you know who Hawkins is? He's the guy that gave up the touchdown. <laughs> had you heard of him before then? No. Had you heard of him before I actually mentioned his name? Did you? If to, I, to, I mean, I, if I, I, I knew him from from that, that g- g- yeah, from game that game. game. But that's just it. I mean, you're playing. You know, as much as you want to come down on Jim Schwartz. Hmm. And for his d- defensive scheming. And people in Philly will crush him for not putting enough pressure on the quarterbacks and not blitzing more. But on the flip side of that, look at that 
I mean, honestly, look at his secondary. This is a coach literally playing with secondary with guys who were on the street. Yeah, this guys season were in the league midway through the season. Yes, he literally picked guys off the street and, and had to and made them into NFL cornerbacks. And to Jim Schwartz's credit, I saw a stat. I believe it was Pro Football Focus, who. They do they do some good stuff. I'm not say, I'm not I won't say I'm a fan of completely of hundred percent their work or anybody else for that mm-hmm. matter. You know, if there's good stuff, there's stuff mm-hmm. I don't like as much. But I did see a stat according to the way they grade their players. Craven LeBlanc was the second highest rated DB through the playoffs so far. That has to be a credit to Jim Schwartz if nothing else. Do you remember what these who what these DBs look like their first game. Yes. Coming in, and we mm-hmm. like, who are these guys? And they're out there getting torched by mm-hmm. everybody. To for, from that to a point where Cravon Cravon LeBlanc mm-hmm. looks like a real NFL corner. He looks like a guy you could give keep around. Mm-hmm. And so there are some things, some positives that come out of this going forward, but. As far as this season is concerned, it it was just a bit too much. Yeah, definitely. And for anybody listening, don't worry. We're not ignoring the team that won, but we'll have much more opportunity to talk about the Saints as we get to the next week's games moving forward. Exactly, exactly. Now, other game in the NFC. The, oh, the, now we can get to the good news. Yeah, now we can get to the good news, man. I've spent too much time on the bad news. L.A. Rams defeat the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now, here's the thing. And this is kind of it. What what was the one thing? One thing you could say we have talked about the Rams this season, the type of team they are. What a word that we have used. It's an F word that we've used. Yes, they 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 weren't finesse this past weekend. And that's something I will I'll say about the Rams. There's they have a lot of speed and skill on the outside. Mm -hmm. But that being said, they have well. There were two things in that in, in their favor going into that game. One, you're either going to be playing with those two teams, no matter where the seeds are. You're either going to be in in Dallas indoors mm-hmm. or in L.A. So you're not playing cold weather football. Mm-hmm. That allows them to play typical Rams football. Next game, going forward next week, they'll be in a dome in New Orleans. So that actually is to the Rams' benefit. Mm-hmm. So the seeding this year, the way it worked out, is beneficial to the Rams because they don't have to go outdoors in cold weather and play football. Now, would you would you consider that game r- typical Rams football? Yes. Why? Because well, if I, you I watch, say this, if, okay, if you watch ahead. the way they play football all year long, especially with Todd Gurley, they were Todd Gurley is one of the best running backs in the league, and the Rams don't try to hide that or underuse him. They're not shy in running the ball. They run the ball as much as anyone in the league, and then when you couple that with the fact that. C.J. Anderson was being as as effective as he was, pretty much just out there looking like a bowling ball. Yeah, well, I guess that's over. I, I guess that's that's the point I was trying to get at because you know what Gurley can do. 
We all know mm-hmm. what Todd Gurley can do, and we all knew that there was going to be a healthy dose of Todd Gurley. And there was. And there was. But nobody saw C.J. Anderson being – C.J. Anderson looked like looked like Jerome Bettis back there in this game ward uh, this well, weekend. What, what I saw was – a running back who honestly might have been 15, 20 pounds heavier than you want than a lot of coaches might have asked him to be, mm-hmm. but that worked to his benefit. Yeah, those cowboy linebackers who are fast and fly all over the field and won't let you beat them to the edge, we're just getting run pound. over. Yeah, we're just they were getting, getting pounded and pounded. They were getting pounded. You, hey, like you expected Todd, Gur- you expected Todd Gurley to be making those runs outside, using his speed, catching the ball out of the back. Gurley's a physical runner. I mean, he's a physical runner. He's not. We use the word finesse so often with the Rams. But what I saw this weekend was a physical Rams team, a physical a level of physicality that Dallas just did not look prepared for. And that's what got me about that game. Well, I'm still not to a point where I would go as far as to call the Rams a physical smash mouth style of team. I'm no, not, no. That's not, that's not what I saw. No, but you but, saw but, them be physical and play smash mouth football. But what, what I did see, mm-hmm. to your point, was a coach in Sean McVay who was smart enough to see something work and stick with it. Mm. You expect a dose of Gurley, but, and you're, you're going to throw C.J. Anderson in some to spell him. But when C.J. Anderson gets in there and he's getting five, six yards a pop, you just you stay with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what what I would hope any intelligent coach would do. When you have two guys out there that can get you combined two hundred fifty plus rushing yards or so, it it make it would make no sense not to keep hammering the ball. Any coach, when you have guys that are that hot, you just have to ride it. And like we mentioned earlier. The fact that you get to play in ideal conditions mm-hmm. is something that is of great benefit to the Rams, honestly, throughout this playoff run. Because should they get past their opponent next week, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, Okay, the Super Bowl in Atlanta is indoors too. So that's actually something that plays to – you know, I'm going to say that for later. We're going to come back to that. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that now because I know I'm going to want to talk about it. But anyway, the Rams and Cowboys. The Cowboys, their their defense surprised me that they got run over as much as they did. Do you think they were unprepared? Would you go that far to call the rant, to say that the Dallas Cowboys were unprepared for, for a, a – a more smash mouth traditional running attack by I would by the Rams. I would say this. I would say that they the Cowboys secondary is not their strength. Yeah. And I think that they put uh, so much effort into being able to contain the Rams passing attack mm-hmm. that by the time they realized we need to f- focus on stopping this run that mm-hmm. they're grinding all over us that it was too late. They almost may have taken it for granted the way their defense had been playing lately that, yeah, we can contain the run. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. You have to – the Rams are a balanced attack, and you have to be prepared for all phases of the game playing against them. I will say that about the Rams. Unlike a team like the Falcons, who 
I tr- they they truly lack a power running element. Mm-hmm. The Rams do have backs that like to be physical. Yes. Which is a change in the dynamic. Now the overall team, I still wonder what it would look like if they were playing in, in Green Bay or in Chicago. But they won enough games during the season where they don't have, have to do to. that. So Green that, Bay didn't win enough games to even be in the playoffs. So, you know Chicago and did. Chicago did and but they're so, home. They, they're home licking their wounds. Yeah. Still salty. But, you know, just, uh, just that is just simply to say that have, had there been one or two losses different mm-hmm. over the course of the season, they ended up going outdoors to Chicago and play that defense, I don't know it's the same outcome. I don't know your running backs want to take the hits you're going to take from that that Bears defense outside in the cold, what was it, 15 degrees when the Eagles had to go there that. week one. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, those. Those are all things you have to consider when you look at what your overall opinion of the Rams ends up being. I hear you. I hear you. All right, so AFC. Let's jump over to the AFC. Let's take a break before we you do, that. do You want to do that? Let's take a quick, okay, let's quick take a break. Quick break. And then we'll come back, get into the AFC divisional round right after this. Listen live online. FreeAgentRadio.com. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. You down with ODD? Yeah, you know, know me. me. You down with ODD? Yeah, you know me. Yo, we on, we're on Twitter now, right? We are, we are on Twitter now. What? The show has a page, but the page is not actually active yet. Oh. It's coming soon. Oh. The, so, the page is there. Should I not have said anything? Oh, no, that's not a problem. Oh, okay. We want the people to know. Yeah, follow us. Please? At O. O underscore, underscore okay. D underscore discourse. That is. Oh wait, say that one more time. O O underscore underscore D D underscore. Okay. Discourse. Yeah. O underscore D underscore discourse. I like that. Or you know, O D D. Yeah, you know me. Exactly. Exactly. That's that should have been. That's too long. <laughs> O-D-D, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's a whole lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a lot, whole lot. lot to say. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're, you're, but anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm doing too much. <laughs> yeah. I like the creativity, though. I appreciate that, man. So we're, we're on to the AFC now. We're talking football, divisional round recap. Yeah. We went through the NFC, our Eagles lost. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys lost. Yeah. 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 And now we're looking at the AFC. Okay. So Colts and Chiefs. That was a... That was a route. That was a route. And it was a good old-fashioned butt-kicking. We we had kind of wondered, all as going into this postseason, was this the return of Andrew Luck? There were a couple themes looking at this game. The return yeah. of Andrew Luck. Yes. How he's been looking, how hot they yeah. were. 
Patrick Mahomes is seeming dominance through his first full season as a starter, 50 touchdowns. What's he going to look like going into his first play- playoff game? It's, it's funny. Especially to- considering yeah. all the other first-year playoff games, first-year playoff yeah. starters, young quarterbacks. They all struggled in their first playoff game. Uh, one didn't. Uh, one didn't. <laughs> one didn't. It's funny when you talk about Patrick Mahomes because we now live in this – we live in this time – where everybody wants to be, everybody wants to go against the grain. Mm-hmm. Whereas when when you see somebody and they seem to be uni, like unilaterally, unilaterally, sorry, and universally accepted, everybody races to be that one person to go against the grain. Mm-hmm. And I, I I have to admit, I kind of wanted to be that person with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Where it's like everybody's talking about how great he is. Everybody's talking about what he's done so far this season. You were looking forward to a chance to point out the holes in his game. Yeah. And and that didn't happen this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, No. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's not sorry to disappoint you. No, not at all. He's quite happy. I mean, the kid was really out Mm -hmm. there picking them apart. I guess for me, it it was. And part of it is because of who I am as a fan. Mm-hmm. And I've been going through this this season with the quarterback of my team. And I'm not going I'm not going to go too far on the tangent here because we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. We got but 2 hours. We got 2 hours though. But here's you, you can at least have a little bit of a tangent yeah. if you want. All right, well here I go. Let, let, let me dive into this tangent then. Uh my quarterback went 12 and 2 last year mm-hmm. before getting hurt. Came back this year, went five and six. And people were instantly throwing out comparisons to RG3. Is this a one-hit wonder? And now who just come, you know, who who lights up the who who lights who sets the world on fire, lights up the rec, you know, the, the the stat books all season, and then comes back and falls back down to earth. And people are really quick to try and attach that to Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. And then I'm seeing Patrick Mahomes just come pretty much like out of nowhere, lighting it up all season. Was it really out of nowhere, though? Mm, yeah, I think he, so. He was I a mean, first-round draft pick. First, I think first-round draft pick, albeit, what, towards the end, end of the first round. Well, no, no, number, no, 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 no. He was the first half uh, of the first yeah, round. Yeah, right, like right. number 10 you're or 12, right. yeah, the Chiefs yeah, traded yeah, up. Yeah, Chiefs traded up. But I, I thought he could. He got to sit for a year behind a smart quarterback at Alex Smith. Whatever his fault, his limitation. I won't even call them faults. Whatever his limitations okay. are, with faults. arm strength and being able to go downfield, mm-hmm. Alex Smith is a very intelligent quarterback. Okay, and he got drafted and gets to play for a coach who has had at least some level of success with every quarterback he's ever coached. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good situation for. Pe- for Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid saw something where he knew this kid was good enough that he got rid of Alex Smith. He traded him away. I don't need this guy. Yeah, you took me to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we won 12 games a couple times, but nah, this kid. Thanks for no thanks. Thanks for coming out. This kid, out. he's my guy. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid saw something. So I don't know that I would go all the way as far as to say it came out of nowhere, but I don't think anybody expected Number what number one seed and fifty touchdown. Mm-hmm. No, nobody saw you couldn't have seen that coming. Oh, 
I say all that to say I was a little, I wanted to be skeptical. I wanted to say this dude lit it, yo, just lit it up all season, was just going to come into the playoffs It just Can I ask not a question? be the dude. Go ahead. Is that because you wanted to be, have the only young, nice quarterback in the league? Partially. Or the best, <laughs> or you want to be like the best young quarterback in the league on your team? Partially. This guy kind of makes that tough to say that at least definitively. Yeah. Okay. I mean, whatever. Look, <laughs> here's the thing. I've been on this show long enough. Oh, speak, speak your mind. Just go ahead. I've, I've been on this show long enough that I don't have to really hide that I have a disdain for objectivity. You know, I, I don't want to be object. You know, I, I can be objective when I want to be. We're, we're not asking you to be objective. Exactly. Here. So I, I I choose I, I choose to offer objectivity when I have to. Okay. I don't feel like I have to right now. So everything that you just laid out, yes, you are absolutely positively one hundred and ten percent correct. However, I also in in that in my rejection of objectivity, mm-hmm. I do feel a need for honesty and humility. So I say that as as much as I wanted Patrick Mahomes to fail, as much as I openly rooted for him to fail, he lit it up on yeah, the, <laughs> kid looked, this week. the kid looked good. <laughs> he, I, he pretty it, 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 here's the thing. I guess I I try to be calculated in my tweets because of the fear of receipts. And although I you know, in my mind, I'm just like, yo, this dude, you know, he ain't all that. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's all hype. He, he, he's not the real thing. I didn't put stuff like that out there publicly because back in, in the back of my mind, you know, I you realized, might pay for yeah, that. Yeah, I know I'm going to pay for all that. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm tweeting to myself. You know, I'm not putting it out publicly. But, so, you know, he, he he's the real thing. He, he is the real thing. And I know we're not, this is not, the section where we're going to talk about the conference championships, but I think this is going to be a good game, and I like what he did uh, this week. All right, so the losing team in that game, you did, you did you watch that entire game? Yes, yes. What did you think about Andrew Luck in that game? Bad breaks. I think the things that we said, the things that we said would be his downfall, were his downfall. You know, it's like I mean, we're we not, talked about. Did he have a real? We we debated whether or not T. Y. Hilton was a real number one receiver. If memory serves me correctly, I said something about he has elite speed. He's but he's okay, not great. Something to that effect. Four catches, sixty yards mm-hmm. in a playoff game. So okay, play, not great in a playoff game that you're down. You know, multiple touchdowns, so you know your quarterback is looking to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's something that those are numbers that'd be good for a two or a three receiver, mm-hmm. not a number one. Marlon Mack nine carries, forty six yards. We talked about we they had a running back we had never heard of who kind of seemed to overachieve this year. They came back down to earth. I think just because football being the way it is, mm-hmm. you know, things like this. Losses like this will always fall on the quarterback. Right or wrong, fair or foul. You know, you know, the quarterback is going to take the brunt of it. Now, when you when you add that objectivity that we talk about, mm-hmm. and then you look beyond the surface, you know, you'll see you'll see the actual problems, the actual issues. No. Like it's it, it would be easy to say, hey man, that's Andrew Luck falling short again. Could you really could 
you being objective, and I, I, I look to you because you're so much better at it than me. <laughs> Can you really put that loss on Andrew Luck? What did you all think right, of it? All right, I'll say it like this. I think your typical casual fan who doesn't really know X's and O's too much, doesn't understand personnel and rosters, and just sits down, watches a game, and says, this team's quarterback made more te- plays than the other team's quarterback, will say, might be tempted to say, yeah, that's Andrew Luck falling short again. I think anyone who really understands what's going on understands you saw one team, one team that is a very good team against another team that still has a long way to go as far as adding weapons and some game changers on both sides of the ball. So I can't put that all on Andrew Luck at all. He's the quarterback of the team, so of course he has something to do with it. But there's no way I can even think I'd be a a responsible host of a show and say that was all on Andrew Luck. That would – yeah, that's not how I could look at that at all and call myself objective. So I think you're seeing that one completely mm-hmm. right. Yeah. All right. Other game. We got one more game to talk one about. More we got one game to talk about. And here we have, once again, the man who I have crowned <laughs> the greatest. See, I want to talk about this one. I want to mm-hmm. talk about this game. Okay. Are, not, you, are you going to talk about it? Not because of why you think I want to talk about this game. All right, well, look, I'll set you up, man. Oh, let me let me just put it out there. You have the greatest. You have arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a conversation for another show. But for right now, can 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 you can you give me that for right we, now? We can get into all our greatest of all times list in the summer when there's nothing but baseball going on. And I like baseball. We're going to talk baseball. Oh, of course. Oh, I'm not going to let you not talk about baseball. Oh, we're going to talk baseball. Okay. No but problem. you know. You still with one sport. You got a lot. You got room to talk about some other stuff. We'll okay. have a lot of fun discussions there. But right now, so we're not going to talk big three over the summer. We'll definitely talk some big three. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, you know I'm a ball junkie. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, got Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the arguably goat. the goat. The goat. We'll call him the goat for t- for today. For the sake for the, of conversation, for the sake of we'll conversation. call him the you goat. Got, you got him the goat, and then you got the fantasy football goat, <laughs> Philip Rivers, fantasy See, football what, king, Philip Rivers. Fantasy football king. Let me tell you something. I would never diss Philip Rivers in the regular season because there's a good chance he's going to be my fantasy football uh, QB. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance he's going to get me a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And there's a good chance he's going to put me in a position to win a championship. Yes. Preach. Yes. Every year. Mm-hmm. Playoffs come. Once fantasy football season's over, you, you've collected your money, you've, you've won your championship, you've bragged to all your friends that you've won, or if you're me, you're cursing fantasy football because you felt you fell to third place. Thanks, Melvin Gordon. Um, Emmanuel Sanders. So, you're, so what you're saying is you think Philip Rivers might be involved in fantasy football. You, you think he's making some a second income playing fantasy football? No, I... I, I I don't know what it is. <laughs> All I'm saying is, ladies and gentlemen, you, we're not saying that Philip Rivers no, is gambling no, on fantasy no, football. No, that would be irresponsible. No, not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> all I'm saying is, if you have a fantasy football team, mm-hmm. you'd be doing yourself a favor if you put Philip Rivers on your squad every year. Now, if you're a Chargers fan and you want to see Philip Rivers deliver the goods in the playoffs, you might be in trouble. Let's see. Now, here's why I wanted to talk about this game. Okay. 
And we're going to come back to to the team that won, but I want to talk about the Chargers. Okay. Here's why I want to talk about the Chargers. Yours. Because people people often they often tell me that no, we can't say, we can't say that. And I'm I'm gonna tell you what I'm what I'm talking about in a second. But they all, when I say it, I make a comparison. No, you can't say that. That's not right. I wouldn't put them in that category. What are, you know the the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, oh my! Hold on, look, you're you're familiar with that football team, right? Yes. yes. Are, are, yes. Are, are you familiar with my position? You're you're on this show, so yes. I'm hoping you are. Because I'm quite consistent for the last six, seven years on my position on the Atlanta Falcons. I, I, I will, they were up in that yes. Super Bowl. What, what yes. was it, thirty-five to three, something like that, or thirty-one to three? They were up big. They were up by a lot. They were up by a lot. They were up by a, enough that you would think that they would win that game. And you know what I said in the third quarter of that game when they had a big lead? Um, refresh my memory. I I actually said this mm-hmm. when they had that big lead. My my cousin texted me. He was like, "Are you gonna have to change how you say about what you say about the Falcons now?" And I said, "No, the Atlanta Falcons are frauds." And then they proceeded to lose that game. I was mm. I actually was not surprised. I said it. Now you, people may not believe I said it. I act. I believe you because you know you I, I, know I me. I'm you. consistent with my position I've, on this. I've used a lot. I, I've used a lot of words to describe you in in our friendship. Liar would not be one of them. I believe if you say you said that, I believe you. I'll get I'll get my I'll get somebody to call in one day confirm that story. Okay, I believe but, you. You don't need to confirm it to me. You <laughs> not said to you, it, I believe but it. for okay. for the listeners' sake. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, I've often said that I think the Chargers could easily be the Falcons of the AFC. Mm. I've I've never directly said it. Now I have to say it. They're okay. frauds. <laughs> They're fr- the, the Chargers are frauds. Philip Rivers, to your point, almost without fail every year, will do enough to make you think that team is good. This could be their year. This yep. could be the year they mm-hmm. compete. Or they could win the division. They'll get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, and they always find a way to fall short. Whether it's that one big game, the one big win they need, they mm-hmm. just they don't get it. I don't know if it's Philip Rivers. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's the personnel. I, I, I don't know if it's the combination of all of it. But they just don't seem to have it in them to get it done. I mean, the, the Patriots were out there when they were at foot on the pedal. It looked like you're watching Alabama versus that one double A school that's on their schedule, mm-hmm. and they go fifty six to nothing. If if they'd have kept their foot on the gas, it could have easily been fifty to fourteen, mm-hmm. and. At some point, he was like, okay, enough's enough. We're just going to start running the ball, dink and dunk, work the clock. We don't need to keep running up the score on you to win this game. So, But if they had re- truly wanted to, to be that type of aggressive, who knows how out of hand this game could have gotten. Mm. Am, I, am I wrong? Are, oh. the ch- are the Chargers really frauds? Am I being too harsh? I've been telling you this for a long time, and I've gone back in my explanations of this. You can count on Phillip Rivers to get you stats in the regular season. He might be one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks of all time. Playoffs is a different game. So he's the new Peyton Manning. 
He's not even a new Peyton Manning. He's not Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning got two rings. Peyton Manning got one and a half. No, Peyton Manning got two he rings. He has two rings. That's, that's two rings. You but look that, at Peyton Manning's that Denver, two rings. That Denver ring was a shell of Peyton Manning that got carried by defense. He earned it. He was smart, didn't turn the ball over, did just enough. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the real Peyton Manning. So, so He's got two rings. Two rings. He does, and I don't want to take that away from him. Mm-hmm. He has two rings, yeah. but... The second you can't say, one, the you can't second say one I don't was, want to take that away from him and just say I got he's got but the one se- and a half rings. But the, well, he he was not the driving force behind mm-hmm. the second one. I should mm-hmm. you know no, I understand. That, I mean I understand the point is just that, that's really more of my point than that he doesn't earn he didn't earn two rings. He won two two Super Bowls as a starting quarterback. Regardless of what how you however you view Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. I'm saying Phillip Rivers isn't even there. He's so okay. If you want to, if you want, however you look at Peyton Manning, because Peyton Manning is not—he's not the subject. Is, I'm saying Philip Rivers ain't Peyton Manning. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? He's going to have Hall of Fame stats. Yeah, I, I and think, we let players in of all sorts of positions yeah. that have the Hall of Fame stats. But football is funny like but that. But didn't win the big yeah. game. There's a football, lot, all sorts of players out there like that. Football is funny like that. Football and baseball, the whole their whole Hall of Fame voting process is probably those are the two I have the biggest issue with. And honestly, you know what, Philip Rivers will probably. I have it. my biggest issue with the NBA Hall of Fame system because they let everybody in. Mm. I mean, they just let everybody in. But we'll make a mm. note. We'll talk about that one in the mm. system, summer too. Who's okay. got the best Hall of Fame system? Who's got the worst? All right, we're gonna talk about that one because yeah, we can we can go a whole show mm. on that. Yeah, yeah, but, definitely, definitely, definitely. But but for now, he, but but honestly. It's like what, and you know what? I have to say this as well. Mm-hmm. I felt like Tom Brady was talking to me mm-hmm. when he go. He makes his comment to the reporter, talk talking about. I know everybody thinks we suck, and I and I know we never said that because you and I both mm-hmm. have high respect for what Tom Brady has accomplished yeah. on the field and is still doing five rings and, as well as his know. coach. They are the, as good as it comes. Five. You, so you that yeah. and you said yourself. You'll never bet against them until they are already out. Yeah, but we did say that if there was any year they were vulnerable, it's this one. Mm-hmm. And I think we both we would both agree that this was not the strongest Patriots team we've ever seen. So, no. if, and they don't win the Super Bowl every year. Mm-hmm. So if there was a team that was a Patriots team that was vulnerable, it's possibly this year. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we agreed on that. Yeah. So. And I think Tom Brady's the type that take, and I'm not saying he listens to our show, but they were, we're not the only ones who felt that way either about this team. They mm-hmm. they looked mortal at points throughout this they year. Look more, but there's a difference between looking mortal and even – there's a difference between looking mortal and looking patriot mortal, where patriot mortal ain't real mortal. <laughs> Tom Brady coming out talking about everyone thinks we suck. You're just like, for real, dude. Like, this is a team that when they lost Tom Brady for so, a season, still won 11 games. So it's like Superman near kryptonite. He He's still Superman. He might, but he might not be able to beat up Zod, but he can still beat me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I mean, he's not even, he, he, he's Batman with, with, a regular toolbox instead, instead of, of a uti- utility belt. Okay. He's going to find something in there to he's, beat you with. 
he'll still get he it just be, He just won't have the bat boomerangs or the bat rope or okay. whatever like that, you know? But still, I mean, it's like, it was one thing a year ago when the Eagles were calling themselves underdogs despite the fact that they were the number one seed in the league. They were without their starting quarterback. They were they literally no, the betting yeah, they were the uh, literal literal underdog in the books every game. Yeah, this is the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and, and Gronk at home. At home, everyone thinks we suck. Come on, dude, stop insulting the people, man. You know what? Though I'm not mad at him for that. I mean, you're a competitor. You're here every year. Mm-hmm. If you. You gotta psych yourself. Do whatever you gotta yeah, do to whatever. get yourself an edge, I mean, man. That's cool. You, that's kind of fugazi to me. I mean, that, that, when I used to play sports, I would do it. I, I didn't have all sorts of stories in my head. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you think you better than me? Mm-hmm. Oh, you said you think you nice? Oh, you think you don't think? I'm whatever I could tell myself to get myself motivated. Mm-hmm. Like, you might be the most in non-confident person on the, in the world mm-hmm. but in my mind i'm coming at oh you think you're better than me mm-hmm. you think you can do this oh you don't think i'm uh, j- just to make myself work that little bit harder i am sure patriots fans and i am sure that tom brady's teammates appreciate his attitude and his approach to the game me not being a patriots fan found that incredibly annoying <laughs> i found it annoying found it disingenuous and it it kind of pissed me off, especially having to watch those interviews over and over after my squad lost. You know, so, and we've talked about how you feel about football when your squad loses. I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about happy Patriots fans. I don't care about upset Dallas fans. That, that is true, but it is the playoffs, so I, and I do love the game, so I'm going to watch. I mean, watch. I, look. All right, well, that's that's good for you. Only because it's a playoffs. I'm gonna keep watching. Football is stupid, <laughs> and I love to say I wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not gonna watch no more. But yeah, I am. Now, like, see if have you ever if, not watched football? Have you ever my, been so pissed? If my team up? is like so terrible mm-hmm. that you know they're out of it at week eight because they're one and seven, yeah. I might check out that season early where I just lose interest in the season as a whole. And then by that point, because I haven't been following and I'm mm-hmm. not as engaged in this specific season, I might miss playoff games. Feel, it's like I don't feel like I've I'm ever not been that, that way. Interested in? I, oh, I've I've got there. Like if I'm just checked out, mm-hmm. like it, that la- that last Andy Reid uh, Eagles season when they went four and twelve. Did you check out? I checked out. I don't the, think I did. The playoffs were like, uh, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like yeah, I'll watch some of the games, but I'm not fully engaged because. As a fan, the rooting interest isn't there, mm-hmm. so it's it just doesn't feel the same, mm-hmm. you know. One time, one time in my football life, did I fully check out on football? That was the year the Bucks played the Raiders in the Super Bowl. That re- in my lifetime, that remains the only Super Bowl I did not watch. But you are capable of it. Hmm? I said, but you are yeah, capable of that. It. Was the check, only time you can check out that that was because to me that was the Eagles Super Bowl. There was the, in my mind that was this, that was this, that was supposed to be our year for. Super when Bowl. was Carolina's first Super Bowl appearance? Um, the first Super was uh, that was the year afterwards. The that year was, that was the next year. That was the next year after Tampa Bay and the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one I was checked out on. Mm-hmm. I was actually cutting hair during that Super Bowl. Mm. Like, yeah, 
I know everybody's upstairs during watching the game, having the Super Bowl party. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said you wanted your hair cut? Come on, let's go do that. I got you. <laughs> nah, nah. Well, I'll, 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 I'll peek my head in out the room eventually, do it for pieces. My, my attitude was different that year. I watched that Super Bowl because that was that was the third year in a row that the Eagles had lost in the conference championship. Which no. is which was why I was just thoroughly disgusted. I was like, three years in a row, you can't get over the hump. Like, what are you no, doing? Like, no. what's wrong with you? At this, see, here's the thing: that first Super Bowl that they lost, the first conference championship that they lost to the Rams, you were just happy that they were there. Okay, all right, exactly. Okay, cool. That second year against the Bucks, that was their year. That was the year they. Were, I was all in. They're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to win it. Everything. Now and, the and next you're year, right, but, but but hold on, let me. Finish. But the year afterwards. In the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what? They could lose this game, and I wouldn't be shocked. You know, everything says that they could beat these guys. They're at home. They're a better team. Their quarterback isn't that good. Their defense has stars, but it's not that good. We could beat this team, but history says if there's a way they could find, if they could find a way to lose, they'll lose. So for me, I I was disappointed that they lost to the uh, to the Panthers. But I wasn't shocked. Let's see. It's from, for me, it's a little different. I'm looking. The first year that there, mm-hmm. you lose. It's your first time getting there. You're playing against the greatest show on turf. Mm-hmm. You lost. All right. You weren't really expecting to win that one. Mm-hmm. The next year, you're playing against the Bucks. You should probably should have won that game. But going into that game, you still question whether or not the Eagles are really good enough to get it done. Because mm. they haven't really shown you that yet. Coming out of that game is when they show you they were actually good enough to win. They should have won, but, you know, Rondé Barber's still running the other way. But they should have won that game. So now at that point, coming back, based on what they've shown me of talent, ability, and experience that third year, I have no excuses, especially with how you just described the describe the opponent being, yeah, okay, but they don't look like world beaters. Mm-hmm. And they weren't world beaters. They didn't win the Super Bowl. But that was the year that when you lose that one, I'm like, nah, how, how that, no, no way that should have happened. Mm-hmm. It, it's unexcusable to me for the, to lose that one, and so that's the one where I was like, after that loss, like, yeah, I'm, ch- what I don't even watch anymore for. I'm, I'm now I'm checked out. I, I checked out. I checked out the year before, and I checked well, half half heartedly checked back in. Either way, but look, we still got conference championships to talk about. We do, but you know what? What? What's up? I'm kind of checked out right now. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not checked out. But it is time. Oh, okay. But it is time for a break. So right. we're gonna take another quick break. You know, let the other people do it talk for a minute and then after that we'll be right back. More ODD right after this. Yep. Listen live online. Freeagentradio.com. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. 
All right, everybody, we are back. Hope you didn't miss us too much, but you know, we weren't going that long. But I'm easy to miss. I'm, I'm, I'm so special, you know. How often do you tell yourself that? I really wish you all could see the look on John's face as I, I say that. Like, like, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> all right. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, moving right along. Oh man, we got conference championships. Conference championships yes, coming sir. out. After all that football we just talked, we got a little bit. All more. that we just talked leads games. us into two more games this weekend. Two more games, and then the NFC Championship game. We got the Rams, who may or may not be more physical than we thought, or get, at least gave them credit for it. For mm-hmm. going up against the number one seed New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, who a future Hall of Famer. No, no question. First ballot Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers. We asked if he is. There's no question if Drew Brees is. Okay. That being said, the Rams may be the one team left in the in the playoffs, well, in the NFC playoffs that were in the NFC playoffs to begin with, really. That has the firepower, especially indoors in a dome, to go blow for blow with the with the Saints. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting to see happen here? I think I, I I expect the Rams to do to kind of do what they did this past week against Dallas. If you can if they can run the ball consistently or at least try to run the ball, control the clock. The best defense against Drew Brees is keep him off the field. You keep him in a baseball cap watching, you'll be all right. But is Bottom that, line is is, is that uh, really what the Rams do, though? I'm not saying they don't run the ball, but even when they run, those are, they stick up the run that tends to be chunk plays. Five yards here, 10 yards there, 11 yards here, seven yards there. And then you play action, bang, we're downfield. So I would never accuse the Rams of being slow tempo. Mm-hmm. Even if they're playing physical and running the ball, they're going to take what's coming. They're, McVay is ag- as aggressive as it comes. I think he's looking for the he, – he welcomes the shootout. Okay. He's going to come out there and say, oh, you think you can score? Can you outscore us? That's what I think is going to happen. Really? No, I mean, I could, I could see that too. I just don't – I'm just not quite sure if the Rams can hang in a shootout with the Saints. I think the Saints will say, oh, you, wanna, you think you're going to come into our building and outgun us? Okay, Drew Brees. Well – Drew Brees, mm-hmm. last week, his offense put up 20 points mm-hmm. against a team that got their corners at Walmart t- a couple weeks ago. Why they got to be Walmart, man? All right, my fault. They got their car- t- corners at Target. That better? Slightly. Okay, all right, I'll take that. All right, take they got they got Target quarters. Yeah. But, like, seriously, like, they put up 20 points with guys who weren't in the league six weeks ago mm-hmm. on play in coverage. Michael Thomas, he he did his thing, but beyond that, it wasn't to the point where they were just out there putting up the forty-eight points they put up 
in what was that week of 11 or 12 somewhere in there mm-hmm. it wasn't that so that offense i mean yeah that offense can be slowed down in new orleans so it's who's to who's to say that the rams can't win in the shootout do you have that much faith in drew Brees, or do you have that little faith in the rams I think it's more more faith in Drew Brees because I think that I once again when I'm in a situation like this where it's like one you know I'm looking at the teams I got to go with history and that's what leads me to Drew Brees. I've seen him do it before. I haven't seen Jared Goff do it before, not at this level. Okay. So, so I put more trust in Drew Brees. Well Jared Goff does also get to play with, you know, with training wheels, mm-hmm. essentially. <laughs> training. I mean, they they rush to the line. They're mm-hmm. up there. The headset still works to their 15 seconds left on the clock. So they rush to the line, get up there so they can see the defense. Mm-hmm. And coach can call, call the plays and audibles before the headsets get shut down. Mm-hmm. He has training wheels, essentially. Okay. There's no other quarterback in the league I know of that, has a coach that does that for them. They get to the line, they have to look and see what they see rather than the coach seeing it for them. Do you think that makes Jared Goff a system quarterback? To some regard, yes. I mean, you 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 can't look at that and say that the system is not a large chunk of his success when the system is what makes the reads for him at the line. Granted, that, granted it was one year, granted he was a rookie, but he struggled – Coming out the box under Jeff Fisher. Now I won't hold that completely against him because everybody no. struggled against no, Jeff no, Fisher. No, no, I understand, but uh, but but this is where I'm going with this. Okay. All right. Struggle with Jeff Fisher. You come in, you see what Sean McVay's doing with this offense, and you see him flourishing. Mm-hmm. Does that? How much of of that plays a factor into calling considering him a system quarterback? Well, coaching and system always are going to be a factor with how effective a quarterback's going to be. Mm-hmm. For example, Super Bowl champion Nick Foles. He looked pretty good in Doug Peterson's system in the Eagles. He looked terrible in Jeff Fisher's system. And so Jeff Fisher is a coach who's offensively deficient. So it's hard to really get a true evaluation on what any kind of offensive talent could truly do playing for him so it would be an easier case to try to make to say he's completely a system quarterback had it not been Jeff Fisher if you had a coach who really knows offense and really knows how to develop a quarterback and those type of things and they had Jared Goff and he struggled and then McVay got him like if Jared Goff had played for Andy Reid and struggled and then McVay got him, and he looked like this. I'm like, yeah, he's a system quarterback. No question. Jeff Fisher just, he's the X factor that makes it too hard for me to really make any kind of honest evaluation on that because I just mm-hmm. have a low opinion of his offensive ability. If the, if that answers your question. <laughs> it does, it does. But I, I guess. Because I've thought about that myself, it, like, because I make the comment, he has training wheels now. Mm-hmm. and But he's still going out there and performing the job. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. I honestly don't know because I can't say I've ever saw him any any other functional offensive system. Mm-hmm. Four quarterbacks in this uh, in this final four. Where do you put uh, Where do you put Jared Goff? I mean, is that really even a question? Yes. Brady Mahomes, uh, Breeze, oh, right, Goff. Like, like, come on, like come on, like that's not really a question. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're talking about Brady, well, you, you, the goat, mm-hmm. Breeze. First ballot Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. Mahomes, the phenom that just threw fifty touchdowns. You know how many people have thrown fifty touchdowns in a season? Um, it's a pretty short list. Uh, let me see. Uh, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. It's good company. And, and Patrick first, Mahomes in your first years of uh, first full years, first full years of starter. None of them did it until they were years in and well developed into the like. They were at the peak of their game when they were able to do that. He did his first year as a starter, and he's only going to get better. He kid was twenty two to start this season. Mm. This is crazy. So you're put. So what you say? You say all this to say Jared Goff is number four. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, I'm saying all that to say I, I I don't see how that could even be a question. All right. No. I mean, some people might, some people might put youth as might hold that against him. Say, okay, Jared Goff has done. You know, Jared Goff's been in the playoffs before the second time, even though he only had one game in the playoffs last year. And he year, lost. And it. he lost. But to a team still that won. he was seeded higher than, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. Lost at home. Lost at home. Okay. Jared Goff, number four. He's number four. All right. So on the other side of the on the other side of the conference, you got the young phenom against the goat. <laughs> this should be fun. Exactly. Like that. This mm-hmm. should be fun. I, th- I think so too. I, I I want to see because once again, I always go with history. I always go with history, but if there, I'm starting to learn. I need to just chill on this whole writing off Patrick Mahomes thing because it's becoming fruitless. <laughs> Are you rooting for Andy Reid? I will say this. I'm over Andy Reid. I'm over Andy Reid in the sense that I'm not going to root against him, but I don't feel compelled to root for him. You know, I, I think. I'm not saying you should feel compelled to root for mm-hmm. him. I'm just asking, are you rooting for him? I would like to see him win. You have no obligation yeah. to. I, yeah. I understand yeah. there's no obligation to root for him. Mm-hmm. He's the coach of another team. Yeah. I, 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 but I, considering I, his time with your team, mm-hmm. I all, appreciate, all they know, accomplished un, to get I appreciate. I, I appreciate it. I, when, his time, when it was his time to go, I agreed that it was his time to go. Yeah. It, 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 wasn't a, it wasn't even a matter of he's not a good coach when it was time for him yeah, to go. Was, I, he's was a very just, good coach. Yeah, it, it was just time. For him it was time. So it's like I I would it'd be great if he did if he doesn't doesn't bother me and I asked that realizing that your team is no longer in the playoffs mm-hmm. so it's not like you have a personal rooting interest the other teams remaining in the playoffs include the Patriots Ew. the Saints who just beat your oh, team no oh not no but you know yeah hell no and then the Rams. Who uh, uh, exactly? So, uh, considering who's left, are you rooting the, for the Chiefs? That's are you rooting, rooting for, for Andy Reid? No, but if the Chiefs, the Chiefs winning would suck the least out of the three teams remaining. Okay, 
honestly would not care about. It's like, to me, the Rams winning it all would be stupid because you're, the team that won it all can't sell out their own building. <laughs> New Orleans, no, because I think for a team that just for a team that beat a team twice in a season, blowing them out at blowing them out, utterly embarrassing them in the first game, mm-hmm. and then beat coming from behind to beat them in the second game, they sure look like a team that had another team in their heads. New Orleans from from them whining over who invented who brought the ski mask out first mm-hmm. to dance in the meat mills in the locker room to you know just the overabundance of shade that they wanted to throw towards the Eagles like you beat them what else do you need if y'all are for real then you know know what that's not one I knock because you know because when my team wins there's going to be a lot of trash talk but here's the thing you know like, when you, when think about team, the, like but, think but, about the level of shade that was thrown at the Minnesota Vikings after we beat them last year. But who threw it? What do you mean? Who threw it? Eagles fans threw a lot yeah, of yeah, shade. Yeah, yeah, th- that's just it. We're the, I'm, like, I don't mind Saints fans. Have you paid attention to Eagles Twitter? No, I'm, what, what like the it? Philadelphia Eagles team, their Twitter feed. Have you paid attention yeah. to it? They troll the Vikings. Does not think they do. No, I what I'm saying. But, that's the organization. Mm-hmm. That's the actual organization. I think the Saints that's not even on. some players talking trash. That's the actual organization. Man, no, that's that's some nerd in the uh, in the who represents and, the organization. Yeah, no, he represents the organization, but still, I if, think the Saints came. Look, Saints came off as, as just if, being real. If Jeffrey Lurie came off and said, "You're not representing me right," you think that kid still has his job? No, he's that's no. what I'm. That's the organization. That's the organization, but still, and nonetheless, I still feel like honestly, when you when you look at it, yes, all right. The team on their Twitter feed, yes. But Twitter feed, fan speak is one thing. Players actually doing it is another thing. And I think that's that separates it. Now, like, look. I like players talking trash. Uh, I love it. I take it on a case-by-case basis. Like, I, I will say this. Like, I didn't particularly care for players who kind of, like, I think right after the game, I, I like Brandon Graham a lot. Mm-hmm. Brandon Graham's probably one of my favorite players on the Eagles. They interview him right after the game. What does he say? Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Cody. Mm-hmm. Now that, to me. That's funny. Uh, That's trash talk. Trash talk. Uh, I mean, it's, and it's like, and there, because there are, other, there are other times when he said things that I've liked. Mm-hmm. This particular case. This particular case is when I, I, I didn't particularly care. Let's see, the that. trash talk I don't like. Is when guys start getting into the me, 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 I, I, I. Like, yeah, I did this. I did that. Like, nah, I'm not. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I can live without that. Yeah. But when when it's our team versus your team mm-hmm. type of thing, mm-hmm. I'm all for that. Uh, I mean, I hear you. I'm all for, I'm all I for it. I hear you. I, I, I just think, honestly – you know when you've when you've beaten a team twice, mm-hmm. when you when you've beaten a team twice, and you've pretty much established your dominance over that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I, I just thought like the, I thought the Saints, what the Saints were doing was a little over the top, and and that brings me to, and that's how I bring it back to this conversation where it's like, man, I hope the Saints lose, and I'll be now look. 
this is different than I don't represent the team. I work for the Eagles. Eagles give me no money. Mm-hmm. I sit down here in my basement and talk about the Eagles for free with you every week. So I'll be talking a lot of trash if the Saints lose. I'm sure the Eagles aren't going to talk any trash because they lost right. them twice. All right, so here's my question. Okay. Let's look at it this way. You don't play for the team. They don't put, You don't work for the team. They don't cut you a check for any reason of any kind. And you'll still get invested enough to talk trash. Right? What about the guys who do get their paychecks from the team that really do go out there and bust their behinds every day, putting in all the work and taking the hits and everything else that goes along with it? Okay. In an, um, in an emotional, physical type of game. Mm-hmm. They don't get to talk trash? Nope. Nah, they can talk trash <laughs> if they want to. They're grown men. They can't stop them. I mean, they. It seems to, it would seem to me, though, my point being that they would have more reason to talk trash than fans. Fans aren't out there playing. No. Fans didn't do anything. They didn't prove anybody. They didn't prove anything to anybody. Ain't got to be right. Didn't ain't got to be Didn't put a hit on logical. it. Didn't hang, you know, hit a single person. No, I ain't Didn't make anybody. a single catch. I can't run, can't catch, can't throw. But I'll talk the most trash in this game. Like I play, I, I, I won't. I probably won't be anywhere during the game. I wasn't anywhere near this. I was in my. I was right here in my basement see, watching the game. Let's see. Here's the thing. I guess I. This is one of those areas where my perspective is a little different than the typical fan, mm-hmm. because I guess I'm at a point where I understand every great athlete is borderline cocky. Okay. Not even borderline. You, some know how to carry it better, but if you ever actually get them to have an honest conversation with you about how they feel about their abilities and what they can do, you would think they are completely co- cocky, arrogant, conceited. Like, mm-hmm. But the truth is that's not the case. You are actually just better than most people at what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe that, you'll never actually be as good as you can be. The greatest thing... Confidence is one of the greatest things every athlete has to have to be to be successful. Sometimes, and especially in a sport like football, when people are challenging you on every play, you're going to want to snap back a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the nature of the beast. Okay. Guys who are too passive, especially for certain positions, a guy who's a little too quiet, too soft-spoken, mm-hmm. make me nervous. Now, there are some guys who off the field are very quiet, soft-spoken guys. But as soon as you put them in between the lines, you see the animal come out. And those guys usually, they'll talk to you and be in your other guy's ear and they're going to hear it. They're Mm. talking trash. I used to think Marvin Harrison was like that. They're just not necessarily media guys, you know? I used to think Marvin Harrison was like that. Just a real quiet demeanor dude (laughs) that just when you got him on the field was just... And then you found out about Marv. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm no, saying. I, then I, you I, found I, out about Mar. Mm-hmm. That that's what I mean. You, they they're guys like they who were, were like they were like they're they're they were wide receivers like like your tos and, and your Ocho Cinco's and your Randy Mosses. But then there was like a TJ Hushmanzada mm-hmm. who was on the other side of the ball, who was just that you know. You no, know I th- I I think he became louder as he as his career went on. I thought Heinz Ward was like that. Like when he came into the game, he was a little quiet, but as his notoriety, mm-hmm. you know, r- as he rose as a star, 
he became a little bit louder. But he was somebody, you know, he kind of, I don't know. Then you get him on that field, and he just became a killer. All right, so before we get too sidetracked, though. Okay. Got to ask. What's up? Rams Saints. You got the Saints winning, right? No, I got the Rams winning. You got the Rams winning? I got the Rams winning. Huh. Yeah. I think I, I think I, I, now from everything that the conversation we had, I thought I would have been sure you were picking the Saints. No, I, no, no. I, I thought I, you trusted Breeze. No, I like Breeze. I trust him, but I think I, I think honestly, I, I like the right. Well, you know what? I'm going more with my heart than my mind. My, in my heart, I want the Rams to win. Okay, I got the Saints by two touchdowns. You think so? Absolutely. I will right, come back next week and we'll see who's we'll on see. who's right. All right. AFC, what you got? All right. Got history. I go with history. So you're going with Brady? I'm, I'm going I'm going Brady. I'm going Brady versus golf. I'm going. Brady, golf, and the Super Bowl. And I'm going the other way, Mahomes versus Breeze. Mm. And the reason I'm picking the Chiefs, I think Brady will play well. I think Brady will keep them in the game. I'm don't believe that New England has the requisite pieces on defense to slow down that Chiefs attack. I it's possible I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but it, the reason I'm picking the Chiefs has nothing to do with Tom Brady or the Patriots offense. I think they will be competent if at the minimum, but. The, the way the pay, not the, well, not excuse me not the Patriots the way the Chiefs offense has continued to perform the way Patrick Mahomes has continued to perform I don't know that the Patriots on defense can do enough to slow down that Chiefs attack. Mm. Okay, well there's only one way to find out. That's why they play the games, my brother. That is why they play the game. All right, we're going to see. Next week, we're going to come back, and somebody's either going to look real, real smart, and the other one's not going to look as smart. And I keep looking what? over at the clock, and every time I look over at the clock, it's, we're like 20-some minutes further in, and we've got to take another break. Oh, it's, got, it's flying man. by, yeah, man. man. It's all good, man. But look, take a break. Talk about some other things. I got some. I got. I got a couple things I'm gonna hit you with this week. You got some things. You I, got, I got some things. All right. Let's talk. We we'll talk about it on the other side. All right. Let's do that. All right. I'll right, be right back. Odd. Listen live online. Freeagentradio.com. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. And we are back. We're back. John, I'm going to let you bring us in. What? You got something to say. You said you got something to say. All right, I got something for you. All right. First of all, welcome back to Offense, Defense, and Discourse. I'm John Brown. It's my partner, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. What about now? They all on me. All of them. I'm hot. Now I'm hot. They all on me. That's what the song says, right? Can't argue with the song, right? Now, why are you hot? Explain that to me. Mike Jones. Oh, okay. This this is why you're hot? Exactly. Oh, word. Hey, man. Last Sunday, the 13th. Mm-hmm. What happened? That was the 21st anniversary of the locks releasing Money, Power, and Respect. Debut. The CD, debut album. The Bad debut. Boy. Let's, I mean, we're. I, I figured. Styles P and Chic Lou. Yes. 
Now we're on a couple hip hop stations. We're on Free Agent Radio, right? Mm-hmm. We're on Seattle Hip Hop Radio, right? Right. So let's talk a little hip hop for a second, all right? I'm with the it. Locks. Let's go. All right. This is my question to you. Mm-hmm. Is Jadakiss the best rapper ever on Bad Boy, not named Biggie? No. Who is? Not a, I, honestly. I'd say it's not even really close. That it's it's a strong no. Okay. But there's there's a reason why. Okay. Jadakiss, his only album on Bad Boy was that Lox album. Okay. And that was not the best version. At that point, mm. you don't even know that Jadakiss is the best rapper out the locks uh. because of the style of rap they're they're mm-hmm. putting out. Okay. All right. You could see flashes and talent. Mm. Well, go back and listen to that album again. Okay. Jadakiss is not the clear cut best rapper in the locks at that point. Okay. You still have questions. So So if to, not Jada, then who? So if it's to say is Jada the best rapper on Bad, Bad Boy, Boy not named not, not Biggie. Not named Biggie. Because of course because of course Biggie is the greatest of all time. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we, don't, we, don't need, yeah we don't have to include not even not even, yeah, yeah. So now if we were actually now if I were to actually include Jadakiss's entire body of work, then yeah. Okay. He he's the best. Mm. But that body of work wasn't all bad boy. Okay. So who so who is? So who is? Mm-hmm. You really Yes, go ahead. I'm gonna give you one guess. Who you think who you think I got for you? If it's not, if it's not Kiss who or is n- none of the locks. No, none of the locks. None okay. of the locks. Okay. Mace? Not Mace. Not Mace. It okay. could have been Mace. Ma- could have been Mace. Not Mace. But, All but, right. but see, Mace was better when he was murder Mace. Mm, yeah, that is true. Not he bad was, boy. He was murder. P. Diddy he made, made him pretty. pretty. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so it's not Mace. Okay, Black Rob. It's not Black Rob. See, you're forgetting somebody. G. Depp. Your this album was special. It's only one album, but it was special. When you heard the kid, you were like, "Oh, oh, he has some." Shine. Shine Poe. Okay. All right. Shine like because th- was Mace better than Shine Poe? No. Was Loon better than Shy Poe? <laughs> nah, no, no. Was G Depp be- really better than Shy Poe? Nah, no, no. Was Craig Mack better than Shy Poe? That's my man. That's, that is my man. That, that is my man. But was he better than Shy Poe? No, he was not. I will say that Craig Mack's probably the most underrated bad boy rapper. That's because he disappeared. He, he disappeared, did. but it, it was funny. You know, uh, he passed away last year, mm-hmm. and I was on the air. On Philly Go Flow, the day he passed away, so I wanted was like, all right, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm a dig, I'm gonna bring out, you know, I'm gonna pull out a whole bunch of Craig Mack joints, mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting there and I'm playing Craig Mack joints for a whole hour, because when people hear Craig Mack, they think just they think flavor in your ear and maybe get down, make a moves with Puff, and that that's it. Mm-hmm. So I'm digging. I'm like, okay, let me pull out some Craig, and I'm just like, yo, this dude had joints. Craig Mack had joints, and people just don't realize it. He did. Craig Mack had joints. All right, but, but real quick, also, a lot of hip-hop history this week. What else we got? What else happened this um, week? January 17th, 1995. What the happened? Roots delivered their major, their major label debut with Do You Want More. It was not their debut CD, because everyone 
because you know Roots fans know because I, I didn't want to say it if was you, their debut because everyone say well what about Organics mm-hmm. what about Organics their major label they, debut yeah the Roots fans know what their real debut yeah, was. yeah exactly it was the, what their first album was but as far as major labels this that was the debut yes here's the thing about the Roots and, and if if I may take if we can jump in the time machine real quick, mm-hmm. I want to go back to 1994-1995, my freshman year at Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, Biggie was on the rise. Mm-hmm. As you know, the East Coast was coming back. The West Coast had had hip-hop for a couple of years with Dre and Death Row, mm-hmm. but the East Coast was coming back. Yeah, Woo, yeah, Meth, yeah, Redman, you know, Redman was New Jersey, but New York claimed him too. Yeah. All right, it's Biggie, East Coast. yeah, East Coast. Not a lot of love for Philly. You know, people just weren't showing Philly. Like, Philly wasn't, Philly was not a major player in the hip-hop scene no, at that point. No, no they were not. It's like Philly had a run at the at the beginning of the 90s. You know, when, you know when it, you know when it was when it was whooping, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince was still they were reaching their popularity, mm-hmm. and there were there were a couple of local, local artists, but Philly just wasn't getting a lot of love, and New York dudes we used to just make fun of us all day. It's like all y'all got is Jazzy Jeff, all y'all got is the youngsters. Philly rap is whack and whatever. That was that was ninety four. Mm-hmm. You know, first semester freshman year, second semester. Proceeded come out, and people was like, "Oh, I might have been wrong about you, dudes." And the thing was, the Roots had, you know, because they were a band, they used to get love from all the DC dudes who love Go Go, because they hear them joints, they hear that live band, they hear that live band element, and they were showing it love. But the New York dudes were showing it love because Black Thought is just an illiterate lyricist. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. That at that point in life, through the mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. that era, we had slightly different experiences. Okay, you were well, you were in Baltimore then. Yeah, yes, but you were still within a two-hour drive of Philly. Okay, so you're still in an area mm-hmm. where people are going to be quite familiar with Philly. Mm-hmm. When I left home after high school, went to college. I'm on the other side of the country. Okay. I can tell you for a fact, nationally, people had no clue who the roots were. Mm. And that was, when you decided you wanted to talk, you wanted to bring that up, you mentioned the roots, the first thing that popped in my head, and it's, it's interesting that you say that, it will, because the first thing that popped in my head is that it makes me sad that most people who know the roots now are going to know them for being Jimmy Fallon's house band. Mm. And I, and don't get me wrong, I am happy for them that they've come up and made a name for themselves to the point where they are a house name mm-hmm. for being on national TV mm-hmm. every night, getting that getting their check. Mm-hmm. Did, they did the work and earned the yeah. the the right to be there. So that's not what I'm saying. Like it's a bad op- it's a great opportunity. I'm just sad that people don't or won't. Haven't yeah. taken the time to really dig into mm-hmm. the Roots discography and go through track by track, and because you, if you've never really dug into Black Thought's repertoire as a lyricist, as a lyricist, you're no. missing out. Let me tell you something, and it, it, it's funny because the Roots are not just a great group; the Roots are a great band, yes. and it's funny, and it's like I've 
gotten into this conversation with with music fans, especially music fans who want to sell hip hop short and want to question the musicianship of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I and and I say with a straight face, willing to back it up any way you want. You know, I will say, and I say, Questlove is one of the greatest drummers. All right, I'm, I'm in now, music. Now you say that I'm gonna tell a story. Okay, it was probably around 2008, 2009, okay. somewhere in there in in Philly. At little place called Silk City, like 5th or 6th in Spring Garden. Okay. It was a Monday evening. Mm-hmm. Now, Monday night for like lounges, clubs, restaurants, things like that, it's a slow night. Yeah. So Silk City kind of had like a little party thing going on, but it was called, but it was basically what they considered their industry night. And the group, the, the crowd was more like the mm-hmm. promoters and the club owners and the bartenders who mm-hmm. are usually working. But it's a slow night, so a lot of them are off work. Mm. They hang out together, this type of spot. Okay. So it's a real cool, laid-back vibe. It's not your typical, like, club vibe where every... Like, it's a lot cooler than that. Mm -hmm. And house band is in there jamming, playing live music, going in, a drummer, the guitar player, somebody on the horns, Mm -hmm. congos. They were just jamming, having a good old time. Yeah. You know, there's a DJ, occasionally he'll spin something, the house band to play with them, go back and forth, like where the house band will start to switch up their cadence, mm-hmm. and then the DJ will find something to play to it. And everybody's having a good old time. And then you, if you're paying attention, you look up towards where the band is playing, and what you see is just kind of creeping behind the band, mm-hmm. a big afro with a pick in it. Just creeping behind the band. You don't, mm. you don't really see who it is. You just see the yeah. big afro and the pick sticking up. Mm. And he cr- creeps all the way around behind the band, all the way over to where the Congo player was at the end. The Congo player just kind of slides off, like gets the look on his face. He just steps off. Mm. You know who's on? So now you got Quest Love on the Congos. Mm. And he starts going in. Immediately switches it up to that DC Go-Go. Okay. Like, you you yeah. Quest Love or Live on the Congos giving you go go. Uh-huh. You know what is happening in the building now. Mm-hmm. Go about a song or two like that. The drummer just looks over. Drummer's like, okay, I gotta get up now. Mm-hmm. Nobody he had just, to, no, yeah, nobody yeah. had to say anything to yeah. him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He, like, well, you, you, to, go, you gonna stay on? You he, keep, yeah. he went to the Congos, mm-hmm. so you get your song or two in for the transition, mm-hmm. and then you know it's time to get up. Quest Love, the the big afro with the pick in it, you know who it is. It's yeah. Quest Love. That's his trademark, mm-hmm. and he goes. One of the most fun times I've ever had. Turns out, local singer Jaguar Wright was in the building. Nice. She starts Jaguar Wright. She starts singing. For, mm-hmm. Love Jaguar. Wright. So it was like an mm-hmm. impromptu show, like it. But it was one of the coolest that because it was such like it's like a small person, like it wasn't like like not like a big super club. It's just maybe a. Maybe seventy-five to a hundred people in the building, mm-hmm. but real small. And it was just a good time, but yeah, th- like actually in there, go you hearing the guy play it live? Yeah, just, yeah, he he's good. <laughs> hey, he good. Like, he good. He, he real good. He real good. <laughs> I saw the Roots live uh, about eleven years ago. It was a February. Mm-hmm. This is how probably one of the greatest shows I ever saw it was the Roots. Mad Skills, MC Light, and Big Daddy Kane. That's a nice lineup. 
Remember they had the tuba player. They called him Tuba Gooden Jr. Mm-hmm. Tuba Gooden Jr. and Big Daddy Kane performed Smooth Operator. Mm. He played Smooth Operator on the tuba, and Kane just went in. <laughs> okay. Probably one of the greatest shows I ever saw in my life. The show was so great. While I was in the concert, somebody broke into my car and stole a bunch of stuff. But we were so... It was me, a couple friends, went mm-hmm. to go see the show. My wife did not go. My wife was pregnant with London. Okay. So she didn't go. She didn't feel well, so she didn't go. Middle of February, they broke my window. <sighs> Middle of February? Middle of February. It's cold so we had to drive February. home with no window. Still talking about how great that show was. <laughs> it was so cold, but we were still like, yo, this show was like that. Like, I can't believe it. Like, oh, man. Uh, Black Thought Freestyle. You know, you know, he, he did, he did sort of, it wasn't the same song that he did on Funk Master Flex a couple of months back. Remember he mm-hmm. freestyled for like, like 17? Seven yeah. Yeah, he did, he did something like that. Oh. And Mad, because I like Mad Skills. I'm a, I'm a Mad Skills fan. Mad Skills was like the hype man that night. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was like when you got an LMC like Skills as the hype man, and then also after, they didn't, they didn't do a lot of root songs. They did covers. That's the th- there's they're such a good band. They yeah. could they could really go out there and play whatever. Yeah. They they could play anything. Yeah. They, they they're not covers. limited to their own they're just a good band. They did a night they were they they were basically lights backup band, they were Kane's backup band, and then they just did covers the whole night and it was one of the greatest hip hop shows I've ever seen in my life. I, I but there you imagine. go. Nineteen ninety five on the seventeenth, this week. Mm-hmm. The anniversary of Do You Want More? One more for you before we jump back into into the sports. Because right. this has been cool. What else we got? What's the w- one more thing? This week. This week marks the anniversary of the movie Juice being released. 1992. 1992. Juice. Juice. Tupac Theat- Shakur. Theatrical debut of Tupac. Also the debut of Omar Epps, Khalil mm-hmm. Kane. Samuel L. Jackson was in the movie. He was. Not his debut. Not his debut. Well, who knows what his debut was? First speaking point. line, we do know what that is. I know, well, I know what that was. Was that Coming is. to America? It was. Well, it was Coming to, coming Wait, to America. He, too, robbed, coming, yeah. he robbed McDowell's yeah. or tried to ro- mm-hmm. rob McDowell's and then he got thrashed mm-hmm. with a mop stick. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But Juice. Juice. Nineteen ninety two. I will tell you this about Juice real quick. Juice was a movie I did not like the very first time I saw it. But it's something that as I, wa- as I watched it over and over, I learned to appreciate it, and now I love it. It's one of my All favorite right. movies. First time I saw it, I wasn't feeling it. I didn't like the end. I, I didn't I, like the end of the movie. So I'm listening to you. We have to put, I have to put this in, in some perspective. Okay. Juice or South Central, who wins? Juice. Juice or don't be a – Juice or um, – not sorry, I was about to say don't be a minister. Oh, I, I was watched about, the oh, jokes. Oh, 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 oh. I was about <laughs> to jump across. No, the actual – Minister Society? Actual Minister Society. I'll leave the jo- the comedy one out of it. Okay. The actual Minister Society or Juice? Which one? I'll, I'll, I'll say Juice. All right. Tupac versus Tupac. Juice or Poetic Justice? Juice. Um, let's see. Juice or... Let's see. What else, what else do I want to compare it to? Mm, what's a good one? Juice. I'll or put it. This is this is my. All right. What's this the, is my. This is my. With, this um, is my. This is my Mount Rushmore. I'll put it out there like this. Sugar Hill or Juice. Mm. Oh, Juice easily. Okay. All right. M- Mount Rushmore. What's your Mount Rushmore? Boys in the Hood. Okay. 
Juice, mm-hmm. Menace, mm-hmm. New Jack City. Okay, that's that's the that's the four. Now, where does Juice rank among those four? Two. Boys in the Hood's the best. Boys in the Hood number one. Juice number two. So you got Juice ahead of New Jack. Yes. And Menace. And Menace. Yes. From four. I don't know if I put Juice that high. Really. Not that high. Not number two. Juice is not number two. I might have Boys in the Hood ahead of it. Yes. You put Menace ahead of Juice. I might put Menace to Society. That ahead might. Have to, I might have to post that one to the crew. If you on Twitter, if you're on Twitter and you follow us, that might get that might become a, a Twitter conversation this weekend. Shout out to two. Shout out to Jeff. Shout out to Aton. Jeff, to- who was our guest last week. Yes. If you didn't hear that show, you can always go back, SoundCloud, catch the podcast. Yes, sir. Just yes, sir. Go on SoundCloud or iTunes, search Best in the World Sports. Yes. You'll definitely find our podcast put up there up um, shortly after with the show airs. Yeah, Friday, so afternoon, can, yeah, Friday afternoon. It'll if be you up missed Friday it, afternoon. you can always go back and find it. Find more. We're here for you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So, look. So, so what? what, what is your, give, give me your top four. Top four or top five, you need, you know whatever you need. Boys in the hood, number number one or, or that's you, number one. Okay, number one, boys in the hood. Number two for me, menace. Okay. Number three for me. Then I get to New Jack City. You put New Jack City ahead of Juice. I can see how people would have Juice ahead of New Jack City. Mm-hmm. I won't make an argument mm-hmm. as because the, we're talking Mount Rushmore. We're talking uh, the top. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I watch I, them both. If, if you like, if someone likes Juice better, I yeah. great. I get mm-hmm. it. I'm not ar- saying you're wrong. Yeah. It's just I will me, never. Yeah, just I will me never pers- not watch New just Jack City. Yeah. Me personally, mm-hmm. I found the story in New Jack a little more appealing than the story in Juice. Okay. So, I thought. Well, I, I'll put it to you like this. I thought when you talk about Boys in the Hood, Juice, and Menace to Society, mm-hmm. those three movies, I thought the, I thought they were they were grittier than New Jack. Right. Where New Jack was more was more was more Hollywood. Yeah, it was a little more glamorized. Yeah, more glamorized. Yeah. Now, the, the three that you said were grittier, I'd actually almost say those three were very similar movies. Okay. And of those three movies, the way that, if I were really to hold up all three of those movies against each other, mm-hmm. Juice is the one that holds up the least in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Mm, okay. I mean... That, that's not to say it's a bad movie. We're talking, yeah. we're yeah, comparing we're talking these about, yeah. movies yeah, to Yeah, we're talking the best of the best. Yeah. yeah. We're talking so, the four best. Yeah. From from that perspective, I it we agree. Boys in the hood has yeah. Has boys, it. Yeah, boys in the hood is number one. So so we're really looking at menace versus juice. I still they, I, I, I still watch boys in the hood, hoping Ricky ducks. <laughs> it's like come on, Ricky. <laughs> but know? it's not like if I'm sitting around, and I say I don't and I want to watch a movie like that. Juice probably third or fourth in line that I go to. Mm. If I'm sitting there with those four movies, those four movies sitting in front of me, pick one to watch. Yeah, well, Juice is probably third or fourth well, in line. I'm gonna be honest with you; those four movies are in front of me. I'm watching all four. <laughs> I'm watching all four, but but there you go. There there you have it, man. Also, not to be put on the same level as that. 
uh, this week also in 2002, state property was released. I like Beanie Siegel. He's a good rapper. He's a great rapper. Not a good movie maker. I'm sure they made money off of it. State property. I'm sure they made money off of this, it. This is my thing about state property. What, what state property represents to me is one of the all-time greatest bad movies of all time. No, it was just bad. It, it was a bad movie. I'll watch it. It was just bad. It wasn't a great bad movie. It was it wasn't just bad. a great bad movie? I thought it was a great bad movie. It, nah, it was just bad. Nah, what about state property too? Why are you looking at me like that? Like, <laughs> do you really think these are good movies? State Property 2 is... Next thing you're going to tell state, me well, is that I got property the hookup need, uh, need right, to ask now, now you're going too far. Like, you're right. going to start asking <laughs> now, for awards for I got the hookup. Now you're going too far. What makes State Property 2 awesome is that they totally changed the genre of the movie. Like, State Property... The first State Property mm-hmm. was was a drama. was an action drama. Yeah. State Property 2 was a straight-up comedy. You know Why? Because people were laughing at the action drama. Okay, fine. I mean, they, <laughs> they figured they might as well ride with it. You no, know, I understand. I mean, if we're going to make you laugh anyway, we might as well do it on purpose rather than having people think we just All right. are get, worth getting laughed at. All right, real quick before we jump out of this and get back into the sports. But real quick, of the four that we just talked about, mm-hmm. we're, 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 we're pushing state property aside. <laughs> All right. But I want to stick with Dame, uh, Dame Dash and Rockefeller uh, movies. Where do you put uh, Payton Full? Paying full up there with the other four. We're talking about Menace. We're talking about Boys in the Hood. We're talking about Juice. We're talking about New Jack City. Is is full up there? I see pay- the wheels. I, I see. No, I, you, do, you don't. No, you, you don't see the wheels turn. Wheels aren't turning. This is easy. This is an easy one for you. I, I have to ask. Hmm? I have to ask okay. you this. Do you honestly believe Paid in Full is a good movie? Yes. I like painful. Yes. All right. So right after this, we'll be talking more basketball. <laughs> uh, you know, fine. All right. Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever. You tell us what you think. Hey, O underscore D underscore discourse. That's it. All right. Or at BITW Sports. At whatever, man. We're, we're, we're all over. We're there. We're there. We're there, y'all. We're th- the look of disgust he's giving me right now. <laughs> it's, it's The disgust is real. We'll be right back. Listen live online. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we're back for our final segment. We've been talking football all day long. Football and hip hop. Oh, football. Talk we were talking football. It was, it was football almost. And it was like almost like the old days of the sports shop. It, when it, we used to talk sports and hip hop all day long, <laughs> it was like that. But we used to sit in that barbershop and talk sports and hip hop all day long, and would not one of us actually get a cut? That's like, true. did you ever get a haircut while while we were there? Nobody but me has touched my head in twenty years. Uh, well, I I mean I have a barber who, who cuts cuts my hair and everything. But it was like we were in a barber shop, and I would be on that show needing a cut. <laughs> and you know, it was it was just it was a sports shop. It was set in a barber shop. We're talking sports. We're talking mm-hmm. hip hop. And none of us. It was about five of us on that show. It'd be me, you, Aton, Jeff, two. 
Well, Toot was know, the barber. Well, Toot was so the barber, but still, yeah, he couldn't cut his own hair. But he, they, he'd have other barbers in his shop, and we would never get cuts. That's true. Oh, mm. I don't know. Oh, well. Anyway, back to the sports, though. Uh, the Warriors, dude. The Warriors. That, you see, we've been talking all the football. Yeah. But you know me. You're a basketball guy. I, I'm a junkie. I, I got to talk ball. Okay. Look, I'm and, not here to deny. You, I'm not here to you deny you it. your fix. Your fix of basketball talk. You already said it. The Warriors, the reigning NBA champs. Yes. They had a back. They had back to back games this week. Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. They scored 144. Po- excuse me, 140 points on back to back nights. 142 and 147 in back to back wins. We're, we're not going to spend all all morning talking. There's about nothing this. to talk about, dude. It's just a simple question. Mm-hmm. All I have is one question for you, and we can move on. Okay. Is there anybody you think you can be, that can beat them this year? They're set to get with, with what I just said. They're doing right now. They're appear, apparently turning it up, gearing up for the second half of the season. They're also set to get Boogie Cousins back this week, mm. January eighteenth. Mm. Is to Friday, January eighteenth. Yes. we'll see. We'll see if he pl- ends up playing Friday. He's supposed night. to play this weekend, so we're we're supposed well, to see him back so, this weekend. So, somewhere soon, he's supposed to be playing. You know. Well, so, let me jump in here. Simple me, question. Me, yeah, do, all right. Let me. Let do you, me, Do you think anybody could beat him this year? All right. Let me. Let me. Let me think about this hard. No. Nobody. No. No. Not no. even the Warriors. No. Not 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 the Warriors. Not. Oh, sorry. I said. Not no, even yeah, the, the War. Yeah, the Warriors. The war, only way the Warriors are going to win is they beat themselves. They the go, Rockets. They no. go split squad in practice. Yeah, maybe somebody much. have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, not the thing. Rockets. No. Not even with a healthy Chris Paul? No. Is Chris Paul ever actually going to be healthy? No. Well, I think he'll be health, healthy enough. Maybe not 100%, but at this point, you know, with a player like Chris Paul, with the beating that he's taken over over the years, will he ever be 100%? But, but Okay, but, but what about your boy? Which boy? What about James Harden? I think James Harden will score some points. He's they sc- won't win. He scored 50. Okay. Twice. Yeah. Talking about what people did twice in a row this week, James Harden scored fifty twice in a row. And so, and, and so this gives me an matter of fact. What was it? Fifty-seven. Yeah, this gives me an opportunity to once again pull up a chair and get some game from the basketball purist, the basketball. You want me junkie. to do this, don't you? I, I do. Let me serve this one up for you. Let me let me put this on the plate for you. James Harden of the Houston Rockets. Has in a, in over in a two game span scored one hundred and fifteen points. Of those one hundred and fifteen points, how many of those do you think were actually assisted? Meaning somebody gave him the ball in a position to score. I'm how many assists do you think were gathered on those one hundred and fifteen points, my friend? Do I think? Yeah, I'm I, asking I know you. the answer. Uh, well, look for, for conversation's I, sake, humor me a little bit. How many? Yeah. What, what well, I you know, mean. you said you know the answer. Let me but just correct I'll say, I'll say this: mm-hmm. if you told me that a hundred and fifteen points were scored, mm-hmm. I would say I probably expected minimum, depending on how many free throws were involved, threes, all that. Mm-hmm. I'd say minimum twenty to twenty-five assist range. 
should mm. be involved. Okay, you said minimum of twenty. Well, I, that's a little that's a little high. We might be at well, let's say forty. Tw- let's, let's call it fifteen to twenty. Fifteen to twenty. Okay. Well, well, well I should well, minimum. I should be at fifteen. Well, for the actual number, you take those twenty assists that you uh, that you would figure or you would assume, and you subtract twenty. Because and you have your zero. answer. Zero assists on 115 points for your boy, mm-hmm. James Harden. Now, I come to you. I'm turning. I'm pulling up my chair. I will turn my mic down for a little bit because I would like to hear you go in on that. What is your opinion on James Harden this week? See, I'm, and, you know, I, I'm a sports fan. I know you are. I don't just talk sports. I, I actually love sports. Yes. I watch basketball. I listen to sports radio all the time. Mm-hmm. I watch highlight shows. I I don't know why I still watch highlight shows. They disgust me, but I still watch them anyway because mm-hmm. I'm a sports junkie. Yes, I love competition. Mm-hmm. I love the I love the game. The the athleticism of it. The, it it captivates me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm listening. I'm watching, and I keep hearing James Harden is great. James Harden is amazing. James Harden scored 57. James Harden scored 57 twice. James Harden scored 115 points. He lost a game to the Brooklyn Nets in that city. At home. At home. Lost at home to the Brooklyn Nets. They beat Memphis, but Memphis is second to last in the Western Conference. So you you lost to a bad team, and you beat a very bad team. So you're not impressed. 115 points over two games. You're not impressed? Is that a no? You want me to be completely honest? Yeah. I'm going to be completely honest. Go ahead. There are – and I know there are a lot of people who are amazed at what Harden does, but I honestly – there are a lot of players I've seen, and I don't want to say a lot like it's 50% of the league, but there's there's a decent list, a decent amount of players you could go through and through NBA history, and if they really just went out there and took every shot because they had the ball in their hands, playing because mm-hmm. he's playing point guard. Chris Paul is out; he has the ball in his hands all the time. Yes. If got there are a lot of guys like if to, imagine if you just told T Mac go ahead and shoot every time you feel like it. He'd score a lot of points. Tell Kobe go ahead and shoot every time you feel like it. He'd score eighty one. A lot. Tell Mike to go ahead and shoot every time he feels like. Mm. He might have. He might have uh, top will. Tell Kevin Durant, LeBron James, shoot every time you feel like it. They'd score forty or fifty. My my point exactly. The my the goal should never be getting points. Mm-hmm. The goal should never be stats and highlights. Mm-hmm. The goal should be simple. Win. So you tell me there's a guy out here running a 1-4 offense where the ball is in his head at all times and he's doing minimal to make his teammates better. He's doing a little bit but not a lot to really make the team itself better. They, they're all right. They're not great. What are they, fifth in the East right now, I believe, somewhere in there? Somewhere around a 500 team. So it's not like they're, they're out here looking like world beaters. They're squeaking by, squeaking through the regular season. So you can't really sit here and tell me that 
this style is making you think they're threats to win a championship. That's not what I'm seeing at all. Mm-hmm. So, from that standpoint, yeah, the stats are impressive, but what does it really mean? What impresses me is always the guy who knows how to win. James Harden doesn't seem to know that. I understand. But now you talked about making teammates better. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul's been hurt. Mm-hmm. He has Clint, been hurt. Clint, Clint, Clint Capella's been hurt. Eric Gordon's been hurt. Pretty much the Rockets at this point now is James Harden and a bunch of dudes. So? Can you make those guys better? Yes. How? Ball, a ball motion offense. Th- these guys are still pros. These guys, if you're a pro, you've been All-American, you've been All-Conference, <clears throat> mm-hmm. All-State, All-City. You, you've made a shot before. The rim didn't move, didn't get any higher. It didn't start swaying side to side. It's the same shot. Mm-hmm. These guys can make shots. You know what happens? You get out of rhythm because you're never touching the ball. You've, you get out of sync because you're never actually making plays. Your timing gets off because it's basketball is very much a timing and rhythm game. If you get your rhythm and your timing are off because you're not used to doing certain things because you're on a team where one guy does everything, you can't just be like, okay, now well now they're expecting me to do this and make this play. That's not how it works. This is the reason Victor Oladipo, his game completely changes when he gets out of away from Russell Westbrook and into a situation where he actually gets to touch the ball more. Hmm. There's a reason that but that happened. So could James Harden be doing more to make his teammates better? Yeah. You know what it is? It's called trusting them. That's what he could be doing to make them better. Trust your teammates. Allow them opportunity to fail the same way you're allowed opportunity to fail. Hmm. So does that fall does that fall under coaching? Do you think Mike falls Dan- on coach and player? Okay, it definitely falls on coach because this is the coach's job to make sure your team's playing good basketball. But you're also in today's NBA where players have a large, almost unhealthy share of the power, and they're able to get coaches fired at the drop of a hat because if if I'm the ownership and I'm and I'm wearing my options where my star player and my coach don't get along, and Star player is a $250 million investment. Coach is a $10 million investment. Which one do you think is going? Uh, the coach. So if you're the coach in that situation and you have a player like James Harden, what say do you really have to get him to change his game, style of play to what you need it to be? None. None. You're pre- I mean, that's pretty much it. So needless to say, I guess you're not very, you're not very impressed with – James Harden's week. He scored a lot of points. I mean, mm-hmm. it don't, the stats are impressive. Mm-hmm. I'd have been more impressed if he'd have won. He scored 57 points in winning blowouts. Like, you know what the most important, impressive thing about Kobe's 81-point game was? They he was able to, yeah, he was able to do that and win. He, was scoring, he scored 81 points in the flow of the game. Yeah. And it was winning basketball. He just happened to be making everything. Mm-hmm. You're not going to sit here and tell me James Harden's making everything. He's just putting up a lot of shots. So, from that standpoint, it's it's a cute story. <laughs> you just call it cute. 
I did. So that being said, <laughs> we're going to go for, <laughs> from, from one shoot first point guard. He's <laughs> ass cute. So if we can get from one shoot point first point guard to the next, oh. another interesting thing happened this week in the world of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Kyrie. Kyrie. Your boy. Kyrie's out here trying to talk his way out of town. That's what he's doing. I mean, he's trying to talk his way to New Orleans for that AD deal. I mean, I th- I think Kyrie is intelligent enough to realize that trading Kyrie is w- what makes the most sense for the Celtics. I think he's intelligent enough to realize that. So now he actually has to try to st- re- step up and be a leader and develop. He can't just be that selfish kid who wants to be the man and everything on his terms. It's He's being faced with that reality now. And part of being faced with that reality, he had to make a phone call. How do you feel about that? What did you think when you heard that story? Kyrie called LeBron to apologize for basically being a pain in the butt. I think it's too little, too late. I think if you're LeBron, you say, hey, man, you know. You think he regrets leaving LeBron now? Do I think he regrets it? No. I don't think he regrets it, but I do think he's, he he understands his culpability in the situation. I think he's speaking from a like he still feels like he needs to go. He needed to go. And even now, you know, although it might not end this way, it might not stay this way, I think he still sees himself in a better situation than he was in in uh, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I think he sees this way. He sees it that way. What he sees and what we see is two different things. You know, to use your word, yeah, it was cute. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, it's, uh, I also heard that LeBron was actually out having dinner with Kevin Love when he got the phone call. <laughs> They could all still be together. Yeah. If, if Kyrie doesn't want out, that that LeBron may never leave Cleveland. Mm-hmm. No, because he has enough weaponry with him to keep mm-hmm. to continue competing. Mm-hmm. But we saw what happened once Kyrie went out, and they had to had to work with Isaiah Thomas and what was the guy that the Jared Smith? J, yeah, not him. The guy, the guard they got from L.A. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, him. Like. Okay, players, nothing that's yeah. a real game changer. Nothing. 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 I thought, I mean, in the end, I mean, maybe it was it was a realization, coming of age moment, but still, in the end, I don't think it made for a good story. In the end, it probably won't save, it probably won't save Kyrie in Boston. Because I think one of the differences is Cleveland pre-return of LeBron was trash. Mm-hmm. Boston pre-arrival of Kyrie was good. Boston without Kyrie last year was good. Mm-hmm. So Kyrie being frustrated 
with his inability to communicate with young people on a team that has won without him. Comparing that to LeBron being frustrated, being able to teach people who hadn't even sniffed the playoffs. Two different things. You understand? I mean, I get it. I guess the one thing I got from it is that Kyrie seemed to have a level of frustration because he feels like the team should be taking that next step forward with him in the lineup and with with Gordon Hayward in the lineup this year. They should be, based on talent, taking a step forward this year. Mm -hmm. I don't know that Kyrie is to a point where he realizes that his style of the play, his style of play specifically, mm-hmm. is a big part of the reason why they haven't taken a step forward. Mm. So, so it is what it is. You know, soon Kyrie will be calling LeBron for advice on how to lead the Pelicans, as <laughs> AD will then be in Boston, killing it. Uh, well, how do you? How do you? If you're if you're a young player on Boston. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Kyrie making those statements? It is what it is. Mm-hmm. If I'm a young player on Boston, I don't care what Kyrie says because I think he's getting traded soon anyway. You're 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 you've played organized basketball. Mm-hmm. Organized basketball on a high on a high level. Mm-hmm. You've okay. been a young guy on a team. You've been a veteran on a team, and you've coached teams. Mm-hmm. How do you handle a situation like that? Kyrie, yeah, like a, a situation, like, you know, like like a player speaking out. I don't. But, it's, I don't. He didn't say anything detrimental to the team. Mm-hmm. He said he personally is trying to find ways to help take his team to the next level, mm-hmm. and he reached out to a former teammate and a champion and a in, former NBA champion as part of that process. Much that, ado about nothing. Much ado about nothing. Aside from the fact that. Their personal history is the only real reason of interest for that story. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, no big deal. That being said, we're getting to the end of the show. Yes, sir. Yes, about sir. that time, we got to get out of here. About that time, man. Good show. I, I, fun as always. We got to get out of here, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. All right, y'all. Have a great week. Catch you next time. Peace. Offense, defense, and me. Close enough. And discourse too. <laughs> Listen live online. Freeagentradio.com. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning. Starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.